The best part of a race is arguably crossing the finish line. All that effort, all that energy, the final big push, all of it coming to a climactic finish, crossing that finish line, accomplishing the goal. You know, when we think of our, our lives with Jesus, our, our Christian lives, our Christian experience, did you, have you ever thought that becoming a Christian was like crossing the finish line? I used to think of it like that. I have all this journey in life, all these things leading up to this moment of coming to know God. You know, it's like, now I have all the answers and it's amazing. But if we think that way, it's so easy for us to be complacent in our lives with who we are. It's like, well, I've become a Christian. That's, that was the goal. I, I did it. I'm, I am now who God wants me to be because I'm following him. And while there's a partial truth to that, I actually want to suggest to us that when we become Christians, it's a lot more like launching off the starting blocks rather than crossing the finish line. God is not finished with us at our moment of coming to faith. In fact, he has so many desires for us. He desires that we become more like him. So how do we become more like God? How do we become more like Jesus? What's the process of that? Well, that's what we are going to talk about in this podcast episode. So let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Becoming People of Prayer podcast, a podcast designed to explore the spiritual discipline of prayer and hopefully help you and me in becoming people who pray. In Romans chapter 8, verse 29, Paul says this, For those whom he, that's God, foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. What's Paul talking about there? Well, it's this reality of what I talked about in my intro, that God desires that we would become more like Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but when I look at my life and I compare my life to the life of Jesus, there's a few gaps there, you know? There's so many ways that I am not like Jesus. You know, and if that's the goal, let's say, if that's maybe, let's call it the finish line, I think I have a long way to go in becoming the person that God wants me to be. I think I have a long way to go to truly experiencing the full life that Jesus came to bring. Because there's this reality that things have happened to me in my life. There's sinful choices that I've made. There's sins of other people that have affected me. And these things have worked in my life in such a way that instead of me experiencing that full, abundant life, I find myself experiencing something else, a counterfeit version. In some instances, my experiences have been quite painful, and I've found myself hurting. Well, hurt doesn't feel like the full life. Or, or the sin of other people affects me and, and someone wrongs me. Well, that doesn't feel like the full life either. Carrying around bitterness and resentment. I don't think that's what Jesus has for me. Or, or maybe it's the, the struggle to know who I am. The struggle to believe that I'm actually God's son and I, I find myself wrestling through my identity or my purpose. Or Again, those types of wrestling, I, I don't think that's what God has for me. Or, or maybe it's people who, who you found yourself struggling with anxiety or depression, sickness, 
and, and wondering, God, how is this the full life that you came to bring? Well, friends, again, our life with Jesus, when we begin that journey, that's exactly what it is, the beginning of a journey. God is not finished with us. He desires to do a work in us that speaks to our identity, that speaks to our purpose, that that brings healing into our lives, that deals with some of that brokenness, some of that bitterness, some of that frustration. And how does all this take place? Well, what are these podcasts all about? Prayer. God wants to use prayer. He wants us to come before him in humble prayer. And allow the Spirit of God to do a work in us that changes us, that brings healing, that brings peace. Now, some of this is work, you know. It requires us to to put in that discipline and that time to pray. But friends, I believe it is so, so worth it. Now, these types of prayers, I want to give them the title of Prayers of Relinquishment. Prayers of relinquishment. Now, maybe that seems like a big word, but let me explain it to you. The prayer of relinquishment was first prayed by Jesus. The the, the setting we read about this in the Gospels is Jesus is in the garden before he's about to die, before he's about to be arrested to go to the cross. And, And Jesus is before the Father. We read that he's sweating drops of blood. And he prays to the Father. He says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. A prayer of relinquishment. A prayer of letting go. It's that part of the Lord's Prayer where we say, let your kingdom come. Your will be done. And friends, praying prayers, asking God for healing, asking that God would make us more like his son, That's what those prayers are all about. It's looking at our lives and identifying areas in our lives where God's kingdom maybe hasn't totally set up yet. An illustration I've often heard is that of a house. You know, if if you were to purchase a new house and you walked into it, it's like you're given the keys, you open the door and you're like, man, here's this house. But let's say this house is a filthy mess. You know, and, and, and you you're going to start looking around and going, oh man, there's a lot of work to be done. And a responsible owner of a home will go room to room cleaning it up. And I think that happens for us when we become Christians. It's like we're given these keys and we go up to the house and we walk in. We're like, this is great. Here's a new home, a new life. And we start cleaning a few things up. But sometimes I think doors to certain rooms get left shut. That basements are avoided that there's little closets that we'd rather not even open for fear of what's in there. But for that house to become whole, for that house to be be the best house it could be, friends, every room should be cleaned up, every part inspected, every part brought into what it should and is meant to be, right? Well, so it is with our lives. God doesn't just want a part of us. He wants all of us. And when we accept him into our lives, it's like we've given him those keys and he comes in with his kingdom. But there's, there's parts throughout us, every little corner that needs to be inspected. And as we allow God to work in us, we are continually opening our hands to him. And these prayers of relinquishment 
and allowing His Spirit to do a work in us that changes us. And friends, when that change takes place, that's when we begin to experience life abundantly. That's when we begin uh, to experience all that God has made us for. Because He's restoring us back to who He desired us to be. So what are these prayers of relinquishment? Well, I want to make this as simple as I can. And so I'm going to give it four different headings. And we'll kind of dive into each one and then and kind of see what we can find in each one. Well, the first are prayers of recognizing who we are before God. Prayers related to our identity, our belonging, and our purpose. Man, these are, these are big topics. But these are prayers where we come before God and we, we recognize um, what it is we are living for. Who is it we are living for? with the whole issue of belonging. You know, if, if we're living our lives as if we belong to an organization or as if we belong to a certain family structure that maybe wasn't the best, we're going to live out of that posture. And again, that's not what God's designed us for. We belong to God. In the Old Testament, the language is, you, I will be your God, you will be my people. In the New Testament, the the language that God uses is that we are his children. We are not children of the world. We are not children of the culture. We are not children of the devil. We are children of God. So what does that mean? It means that we live our lives from that place of belonging. So this makes sense. It sounds like good theology. Okay, I'm a child of God. But here's the problem. Oftentimes our, our sense of belonging, our identity, as much as we know that we belong to God and that that's where our identity should flow from, we miss it. We forget. And we start living as if we belong to this world, to this culture. Well, that leads to a lot of problems. Because if you're living out of a place of belonging from maybe a workplace or something like that, what happens when you screw up? What happens when you make mistakes? If your identity and everything is rooted in what you do, rather than who you are before God, that identity is very shaky. Because what happens when you get sick? What happens when you can't do what you used to do? Your sense of identity and belonging will start to crumble around you, leading to issues of depression or anxiety. So many times we need to begin these prayers of relinquishment, of recognizing what postures are we living out of? Am I living out of God's kingdom? or the kingdom of the world? Am I living as a child of God, or am I living as a child or a product of the world? And we come before God and we we pray that he would help us to know what it is to be his children. And we pray and we ask that he would help us to know what it looks like for us to live out of that identity. And we, we allow him to do that work in our hearts. And then suddenly who we are flows not from what we have or what we do, but it flows out of this reality that we are God's children. And what does the Bible say about God's children? Well, when, when Jesus was baptized, he came out of the water and, and God spoke these words over. He said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. There it is, friends. You are loved by God. He, you are his child. And he is pleased with you. You are loved by God. You are his child and he is pleased with you. 
Do you see how living out of that kind of changes everything? So we need to come before him and and posture ourselves before God, asking that he would speak that identity over us. And from this, these these prayers lead to us understanding our purpose, our day-to-day lives. These prayers of relinquishment lead us to a place where we're praying, Lord, what do you have for me to do today? What is your will for me today? Help me to live as your child. Help me to to do what you have called me to do and to give the way that you've called me to give, to serve the way that you have called me to serve. We don't do it to perform. We don't do it to prove ourselves because all of that is sealed up in who God is and in who he says that we are. So that's the first area is, is prayers of relinquishment that relate to who we are before God. The second area are prayers of confession and repentance. And friends, we've talked about this a lot already in these podcast episodes, but these are so important. Again, what is repentance? It's this changing of our minds. It's recognizing that that God has a will. He has a way that he desires us to walk and he has a way that he desires us to live our lives. It's this reality that God cares about how we treat other people. He cares about how we spend our money. He cares about how we spend our time. He cares about the things we invest ourselves in. He cares about our attitudes, the things that we think about, the, our behaviors. He, he cares about all of these things and he knows what is best in terms of how we live our lives. So prayers of confession and repentance are coming before God and acknowledging the places in our lives where we haven't lived according to his will or his way. Rather, we've lived according to our own will or our own way. The book of Ephesians highlights three different ways we can live other than God. It talks about us living by the way of the devil, which is any way contrary to the scriptures. It it talks about us living the way of culture which is to just go with the flow of of everything that is around us and just participating in the world as everyone else does. And thirdly, it talks about us engaging in just living by our own desires and only doing what we feel is best or right. Friends, when we live that in one of those three ways, we're, we're missing what God has for us. Prayers of confession and repentance are coming before God and acknowledging those things. Acknowledging these areas in our lives where where we aren't living by God's way. That's the confession part, the acknowledgement. And then repenting for them, which is, is to say we're sorry to God, to help us, asking him to help us see our sin the way that he sees it, and asking him that he would help us to live the way that he desires us to live. Now, what's interesting too to me about confession and repentance is that, you know, there's sin in our lives that's obvious, right? We, we say a swear word, we cut someone off in traffic, we deliberately do something wrong. It's like we get that. And, and from reflecting on those things, we, we see a natural way forward in praying prayers of confession and repentance. But I think there's this whole other area that deserves our attention, and that's dealing with the whole issue of unbelief the issue of unbelief. Friends, it is not uncommon for us to be thinking about something that God has called us to and to acknowledge that 
that what he's called us to is good and right. But it's an entirely different thing to live out of that as if it's truth. Because if we believe what God's word has said is true, if we really believe it, that'll be the way that we live, right? I think sometimes the issue, though, is that we understand something cognitively, but we don't really believe it in our hearts. Sometimes in church, we, we say that it's the difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge. Well, how do we deal with this? Because if, if we only have head knowledge and not heart knowledge, uh, we're really going to continue walking in, in areas of sin. And we're going to find ourselves always coming back to confession and repentance and being frustrated at that. Well, I think we need to address the area of unbelief. What is it about God that we are not believing correctly that is leading us to sin? Let's say that our sin is in the area of our finances, the way that we deal with our money. Maybe we cheat on our taxes or we, we, don't, um, we don't give to others freely, whatever it is. And no matter how hard we try to change our behavior, we just keep falling back into it. Well, the belief problem could be that you do not believe that God will provide. You understand it cognitively. You've, you've read the New Testament. You understand that, that God feeds the birds of the air and clothes the lilies of the field as you read at the beginning of Matthew, but you really don't believe he would do that for you. Well, this is an area of unbelief that requires our attention. And so we come before God in prayer. And the prayer is simple. It's, it's, it's that acknowledgement, right? It's like, God, I, I know that your word says this. But if I'm honest, I don't actually believe that that's true. I don't actually believe that you'll do that for me. And we, we confess. And then we repent. We say we're sorry for not believing that properly. We're we're sorry for not taking his word and, and believing it to be true. And then we ask him for help. God, help me to experience you in that way. Help me to know that this is true. I pray that that the truth of your word would go from my head to my heart. Father, help me to respond in that way. So prayers of confession and repentance are are huge. We've talked about it already in the context of praying the word, you know, as things come up, as we're reading, we, we might read about something and go, oh man, I, I, I've i been missing the mark in this area, and then engaging again in prayers of confession and repentance. And friends, the more we do this, the more we do this, the more we are lining ourselves up to what God says is best for us. And, and the more that we walk out of that repentance, which is to say that we've changed our mind about our behavior, and now we're behaving the way God desires us to. Friends, I believe in that we will experience freedom and life to the full. So that's second, prayers of confession and repentance. Thirdly, we need to pray prayers of forgiveness. Now we might, a good way to look at this is that if we look at confession and repentance prayers as being in right relationship with God, prayers of forgiveness are right relationship with others, right relationship with others. And there's three areas in forgiveness I want to draw our attention to. First of all, we need to be people who are giving forgiveness to others. You know, we we might think of someone who's done us wrong. Maybe we were in a vehicle accident and we're, we're like angry at that driver who hit us. 
Or, or, or maybe when we were young, we were teased and harassed by someone at school and we just carry around this bitterness. Maybe it's a family member who just keeps poking at us over and over again our whole lives. And the bitterness and the anger, we, we don't even want to look at them anymore. It just builds up. Friends, scripture is clear. God has called us to forgive others in the same way that he has forgive, forgiven us. Now, really quick, um, forgiveness is not saying that what someone's done to us is okay. Rather, it's letting go of the offense. It, it, it's, it's saying, do you know what? I, I'm holding my fist so tightly around this person. I'm so angry at them. Forgiveness is letting them go and trusting them to God. And it's to say that, God, I have all these judgments. I have all these opinions of this person. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. But God, I I choose to give them to you, knowing that you are just, that you are right. And we let them go and we give them to God. A great quote about unforgiveness, choosing not to forgive someone, is that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping that the other person dies. It doesn't do you any benefit to hold on in bitterness and rage. Rather, we let these things go. It's the picture of taking someone off your hook of judgment and anger and placing them on God's hook. Now, initially we forgive people before God by the strength of our will. We, we choose to forgive them. But as time goes on and and as layers of pain are exposed, we, we just keep bringing them to God. We keep bringing the situation, the person to God, choosing to forgive them. It's powerful. Another layer of forgiveness that we need to engage in is forgiving ourselves. You know, we can feel shame about sin in our, in our past. We can feel shame about choices we've made. We can begin to think that there's something just fundamentally wrong with us. And, and maybe it's like we've accepted God's forgiveness, but we aren't willing to forgive ourselves. And we just hold that frustration and anger over ourselves. Friends, that's not what God has for us. We aren't meant to carry that weight. Jesus died for our sins. So God forgives us. We need to forgive ourselves. We understand in God's word that he has forgiven us, but we need to, in prayer, come before God and say, God, I'm really mad at myself. I'm embarrassed about what I did. I'm frustrated about what I did, but God, I choose to forgive myself. The third area of forgiveness that we need to consider is, is forgiving God. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Forgive God? Yeah, sometimes we need to forgive God. And we'll put the word forgive in, in quotation marks because, you know, I, I don't think it's, it's not that God has actually done something wrong. Rather, it, it's not uncommon for us to hold God responsible for the consequence of either our own sin or another's sin. You know what I mean? Bad things happen in the world. Bad things happen to us. And it's easy for us to blame God and say, God, where were you? Why didn't you intervene? Why didn't you make things better for me? Well, friends, I I think we need to acknowledge the areas we're doing that. Because here's the problem. If you're bitter towards God, well, that means you have an unbelief thing going on. But in addition to that, if you're bitter towards God, what does that do to your relationship with him? 
How does that affect your prayer life? How does that allow you to to give access to your to give God access to your whole life? You're probably not going to do it. You're probably not going to want to pray. You're probably not going to want to trust Him. But if we come before Him and forgive Him, again in quotations, it's coming before God and repenting, saying that we're sorry for blaming Him for things that were not His responsibility. And in that time to forgive the real human culprits. You know, so we think about that. You know, this sin happened, this bad thing happened to me. God, why didn't you stop it? And and we can, in times of prayer, forgive God, repent of us holding this against him, but then take time to, to forgive the people who are actually responsible for the things that have happened to us. So those three areas of forgiveness, forgiving others, forgiving ourselves, forgiving God, all of them help us to be people who aren't walking around carrying a burden of of judgment over other people. Rather, we let people go to God. We just walk around with open hands. We forgive. We extend forgiveness the way that God has extended forgiveness to us. So the first area of prayers of relinquishment is is who we are before God, our identity, our purpose. The second, confession and repentance. The third, prayers of forgiveness. And fourth, and the final one for this podcast episode, are prayers for freedom. Praying for prayers of freedom. Whether it's freedom from addiction, freedom from anxiety or depression, or, or freedom from physical ailments, we can come before God And pray that he would make things right in us the way that he desires things to be made right. We come before God and we we pray that he would bring healing where there is brokenness, be it in our minds or in our physical bodies. That he bring freedom from addictions. What does this look like? Well, friends, this is very, very multi-layered. There are so much, there's so much to these types of prayers. Sometimes prayers for healing is the simplicity of asking, right? Ask, seek, knock, pray according to God's will. And some of us maybe are feeling sick or or dealing with, with ailment in our lives simply because we have not asked. So there's a simplicity to that. Coming before God, praying for healing. But other times there's a lot of layers as to why we might feel trapped in, in different types of sin, why we might feel trapped in addictions, why we might be struggling with anxiety or depression. And a quick note on that. I believe that as we move towards healing in these areas, we shouldn't just scrap outside help. If you're getting help from a a medical doctor to deal with a different, be it a mental um, issue or dealing with a physical issue, don't just stop receiving the care and the help that you're receiving. Don't stop taking your medications. Uh, That is not, I believe, what God's called us to I think in partnership with those things, we come before God and we ask that he would make things right in us. Whether if we're dealing with freedom, uh, praying for freedom from addictions, we are coming before God, asking him to help us see the source of our addictions. Why is it that we've fallen into this trap? What is it about that thing? You know, something I love that John Piper says about healing from addictions is he says that we battle addiction with a greater affection. We battle addictions with a greater affection. And of course, that greater affection is a person of Jesus. 
And in these prayers of relinquishment, it's, it's praying that God would empower and enable us to choose Him over the thing that we find ourselves addicted to. That we would help us to experience pleasure in God rather than pleasure in the things that we are addicted to. When it comes to areas of anxiety and depression, remember uh, in that book, A Praying Life by Paul Miller, he suggests to us that when we don't pray out of our places of anxiety and depression, we're, we're missing out on profound opportunity to pray. That we need to allow our, our anxieties and our depressions to be springboards into our prayer lives. Now, I know it's not that simple. I know for some of us, our anxiety, our depression are, are very serious. We require medications. We require these helps. But I want to encourage you, take these things to God. Do not reduce your treatment of depression or anxiety to a medication, but rather in partnership with taking those, those medications and, and getting professional help, add prayer to the mix. Sitting with God for extended times, seeking him for help, asking him this, what's the source of these things and inviting him to do a work in you that only he can do. Well, friends, I know there's so much more I could get into with each of these things, but I want to draw your attention to something, and this is a huge thing, is that oftentimes, almost every time, we should seek out friends for this journey. We don't have to pray prayers of relinquishment alone. James chapter 5, if you confess your sins to one another, you will be healed, right? Like, James is recognizing the power of coming together and praying prayers of relinquishment together in groups. Across the world, there are prayer ministries, uh, which are, are organizations that are equipping and training people to be, to be people who are able to come alongside others and pray with them. Whether you're dealing with issues of identity or dealing with addictions or, or facing traumas, whatever it is, um, these prayer ministers um, use these types of tools and, and way more than what I've touched on in this episode to come alongside other people and to pray with them, to seek God alongside of them. And maybe that's something that you want to consider pursuing. Um, getting in touch with a prayer ministry or coming to your pastor and asking that he or she would pray with you. God does not desire that we do this alone. Prayer ministry is a blend of petition and intercession, right? You, you come before God with your petitions, but there's someone there with you raising your hands, helping you, praying alongside you, praying with you. Now, what I love about prayer ministry is that it's not some 30-second prayer. It's, it's not some quick one-stop thing. But the, the experiences I have had in, in receiving prayer ministry and giving prayer ministry is that it happens over a long period of time. And on a weekend retreat, you might pray with someone for several hours. Now, what I love about that is you and I are not necessarily the best at praying for several hours on our, on our own. But in the company of friends, there's a, there's a strength there. There's a power there. So I want to encourage you that might be the type of help that you need. And if not, again, if not a formal prayer ministry, reach out to your pastor or other Christian friends, and then seek help to be praying these prayers of relinquishment. Again, Jesus desires that we become like him. 
and we begin moving towards that. We become more like him as we experience the healing that we need, as we experience a proper belief, as we live out life the way God desired us to, as we walk in his ways, we become more like him. And ultimately we experience that full life that Jesus came to bring. So friends, join with me in praying prayers of relinquishment, coming before God and saying, God, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will for for my own healing, not my will for for me becoming who I think I should be, but Lord, I want to be who you want me to be. I want to be whole. I want to be complete. I want to experience that peace and love and joy every day of my life. Would you make it so in me, Father? Would you make it so? Well, thank you for listening to the Becoming People of Prayer podcast series. This podcast series is a part of the Equip podcast put out by Twilliger Community Church. You can learn more about Twilliger Community Church by visiting tcchurch.ca. I invite you to subscribe to and share this podcast with others, as well as to take the thoughts and the concepts from this episode and share them with others. You will not grow as a Christian without the accountability and friendship of other believers. The music for this podcast series comes from one of my favorite singer-songwriters, Sandra McCracken, with her song, He Walks With Me, off her record, God's Highway. You should really check it out. Well, God bless, and I pray that you will experience the joy and blessing of being a person of prayer.